Our sponsor for this episode is exceptionalgarden.co.uk. Now, Caroline, you know I love my garden. <laughs> I know. And to be fair, you've totally transformed our garden over the last few years. It was just a weedy lawn and some overgrown conifers when we moved in. Oh, and now it's just our very own haven when we need a break from the stress and strain of dealing with our very needy guests. And I've got another big project planned for the garden this year. Say goodbye to the old potting shed and hello to two new patio seating areas. I know you love a seating area. I absolutely love a good seating area, but I don't know when you're going to find the time to do all of this. Oh, I'll make time. And when I do, I'm definitely going to be stocking it from exceptionalgarden.co.uk. The problem is that most garden centres have the same old stuff that costs a fortune. Exceptionalgarden.co.uk has a huge range of amazing furniture and garden accessories from fire pits and barbecues to log stores and pizza ovens. Pizza oven, now that's an idea. Oh God, I love the sound of that. And the best part is that they offer free postage on their entire range. So guys, if you're dreaming of summer like we are and your garden space needs an upgrade, please do support our sponsors and head on over to exceptionalgarden.co.uk. Now let's get started with the podcast. Can't wait. slurp of my tea before we start <laughs> so i think the the definition of irony is taking your car to the garage oh, God, and having someone it. drive into it while it's in the garage <laughs> that's got to be the definition of irony isn't it oh yeah i have to say we've had to delay recording the podcast because i was a bit grumpy this morning it has to be said and i thought really you know, my lovely car, which I've grown to love. It's part of me. It's been up and down that M5, A34, God knows however many motorways. Slight stress, it's my car. Um, sorry. And then it gets parked in the BMW garage, right next to the body shop bit. And what happens? Someone drives. I mean, it's a convenient it. place to have someone do damage to the body body work, I guess, right next to the sitting in a BMW body shop. Uh, you can't write it. Life likes to keep you on your toes, doesn't it? <laughs> it does a bit. It's yeah. been one of those weeks. We've covered some serious miles again this week. I'm ready to stop doing so many miles, I think. Um, oh, but that, then will you still have an argument for that really swanky car that we happened to walk past well, that was, BMW I, We spoke about this. That was my only <laughs> exception, was if I could be whisked in more luxury. Um, but we've got we've got to do that slog again, haven't we, next week? Why are we going next week? Oh, well, that, that, that's actually oh, yeah. a really exciting one. We've had an inquiry through um, Comfy Workers um, for a really long stay, actually going right into 2025, 2026. Like, uh, there's an aerospace company that want to book the entire hotel, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. So that would be a game changer. So, okay, I'm happy to do a six-hour round trip if it means sealing the deal on that one. Yeah. Um, because that might mean I don't have to go very often after that. So <laughs> that would be good. Um, we had an interesting uh, situation with Little Hayes this week as well, didn't we? We, had, we did, um, yeah. So we have stuff up. Uh, it's, it's a very glamorous property. Um, we have uh, a few things up around the property to try and encourage people to share their stay and share their experiences on social media. And it very rarely happens. In fact, I'm not sure it's ever happened. I don't think so. Um, but actually, we had somebody stay this uh, weekend just gone who actually did 
quite a comprehensive review oh, on, on her Instagram property, yeah, channel. They, they loved it. it. Um, sort of spoken review. Must have been a few minutes long. Um, she's got four, uh, just over 4,000 followers, yeah. I think, on Instagram. I'm not sure if that quite qualifies as influencer status. But, oh, it does um, in my book. I'd consider myself an influencer if I had more than, well, probably 200, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that was good. Um, it, it's a shame they picked up the oven wasn't clean. That was the only thing that uh, was a, a, a mark on the property, wasn't it? Because other than that, they absolutely loved, loved it, yeah. it. And I can imagine that a lot of people that, that, that do follow her and listen to it would, would go and check it out. And she was offering uh the chance for them to reach out and find out where she booked it and that sort of thing so that's kind of what we want people to do mm. so that was interesting because i think good. we we kind of need to push that a little bit harder i think yeah definitely i mean the whole direct marketing strategy that we're implementing is so many strands to it mm. isn't it so many yeah that, we're going to cover that later yeah. in the episode uh, and i know mariana our uh, our wonderful new va who's um very much involved in the sales and marketing aspect she's got a big um idea around influencer marketing hasn't she so yeah, that's she has, uh, yeah. a totally new ball game for us but um no it's, it's a really interesting area but it was it was just interesting that we stumbled on that by accident this yeah. week yeah, and also um, just to say that Mariana's been tasked with doing our podcast socials, hasn't she? So, she has. So you might yeah. see a little bit more activity over on the uh, the At Secret Service podcast Instagram page. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if you're not already following us, head on over and have a, have a look at what's going on over there. Starting in March, we're going to be putting a lot more time and, and energy into that. And the question is, do you want more basils? More basils? Oh, well, more basil photos. Basils oh. appeared once, hasn't it? Okay. <laughs> Um, cool. So uh, what have we got in store for everybody in this episode? Well, we have had some very big news for the industry this week. Uh, so confirmation of what the incoming regulation of holiday lets, the long awaited confirmation of what the government is going to be looking at or likely to be looking at in terms of uh, regulating the holiday let space. So it would be remiss of us not to give you our take on that. So we're going to break that down for you uh, in a few moments. Uh, we have an update for you about why we were down at Eaton House this week and the um, uh, case officer, planning case officer site visit and how that went. Bit of an update for everybody on that one. And we have another episode of At Your Service today in which we chat to Ed and Laura from EDJ Property about their amazing hospitality and property business. So loads to cover. Should we get started? Oh, let's do it. Hello everyone, my name is Mark Winship. And my name is Caroline Winship and together we run hotels and vacation rentals across the UK. With our team. Well, of course with our team, we couldn't do it without them. And one thing's for sure, though, there is never a dull moment. Well, you can say that again. Welcome to the Secret Service Podcast. Are we going with the Secret Service Podcast or Secret Service Podcast? So there was a press release this week about um, the outcome, I guess, of a uh, government consultation that took place uh, during the summer last year regarding plans to regulate the short stay uh, rental industry, particularly the holiday yeah. let industry, really, in the UK. And so there was a press release this week kind of 
confirming the direction that they are uh, very likely to be heading. And um, I thought it would be useful for us to just break that down yeah. a little bit for everybody. I think it's going to be really interesting. And it's funny, actually, because people have sort of spoken to me um, they don't really understand the, the business and say to me, oh, gosh, Caroline, is this bad news for you? And I said, actually, no, it's like the best news ever um, because it means that actually it's going to be sort of weaning out the unprofessional service mm. to comment, the short stay letters, basically. Yeah. And we as professionals have anticipated this coming with all the projects we've been doing. So I, I, I mean, you know, obviously you're going to go into it in much more detail, mm. but you know, the, the message I say to people is it's brilliant news for us. Well, like you say, we'll, we'll, and we will we will go into that and we'll go into exactly what it means for the industry and what it means for operators like us. I think ultimately, um, if you're a professional operator who has um, studied this stuff like we have mm. um, and read the actual consultation document, um, then you, you will... Um, you will not be surprised by anything that was in the press release this week. Do you know what absolutely blows my mind though, before we get into it What's is that? the amount of nonsense oh, that yeah. is spoken <laughs> on social media. In, and I'm, I'm not, and I can tell when you're looking at it because you're on your phone and you're going off oh, for goodness sake. Yeah, but I'm, for goodness I'm not talking about <laughs> public reactions from people outside the industry. I'm talking about operators oh, no. within the industry, within forums that are set up for service accommodation operators. The amount of nonsense but you, you know it really does my nut in and there's so many examples of it already um is where there are as you can imagine there are a lot of conversation threads out there on um some of the big service accommodation and property facebook forums yeah. asking for everybody's reaction to the news like you know what, what what do they think of the what's being confirmed in the press release and the number of people who decide that, 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 that their input is worthwhile to that conversation and that chip in with, with a conversation, having clearly not read even the <laughs> press release. I mean, guys, listen, I'm going to try and break this down for you in as simple terms as, as, as I can, in the sense that, disclaimer alert, that this is obviously just my interpretation at the moment. Yeah. But this is not in law yet and that's one of the things a lot of people are getting wrong that this is not already in operation um, and we haven't had some of the meat on the bones around timelines you know wh when this is going to come into force and, and exactly the kind of nitty-gritty of the detail um, but we understand now where the government is likely to go or where they're planning to go. Yeah. And the reason even now that I'm slightly cagey is because we do have a general election coming up yeah, and cool. that has a habit of throwing things up in the air. But I, I, I don't envisage there being any changes. The only thing I can potentially see is adjustments to the timeline of when this gets implemented. But it's going to happen. And I think we should all prepare, like you said, we should prepare for the fact that this is going to happen. So yeah. uh, first thing is go and read the press release. Uh, go and read the initial consultation document. If you are someone that is commenting about this on, you know, Facebook forums and stuff, having read none of the actual information, then you're probably exactly the kind of operator that this is trying to weed out. Um, so do your due diligence, be professional. That's the first message yeah. at the end of the day. Okay. Shall I break, try and break it down? I, I think you should. Right. I can imagine all our listeners are on tenterhooks. Right. Okay. 
so there are, there are two aspects to this. Okay, I'm going to deal with um, the planning aspect of this first of all. So one of the issues we have had in the industry, and uh, I'm really, I really welcome this change. I think that it's long overdue, is that short-term rentals, holiday lets, if you like, ha- do not have their own planning use class. So every property in the UK has a planning use class. It's like a code attached yeah. to it that describes the... Uh, type of activity that you're authorised to 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 have at that property. So, for most of us, the houses that we live in are C3 residential, for example. Yeah. An HMO is C4. A hotel, like our hotels, they're C1. So they all have a classification to stop people just doing whatever they want in any property. Now, up till this point. Um, uh, service accommodation and holiday lets have not had their own planning use class. So it has been uh, legitimate, it's been feasible to run a holiday let out of a normal C3 residential dwelling. Uh, And as such, there's been no restriction. Like it's the wild I mean, that's what's accounted for the pop-up of all. I'll, I'll just say Airbnbs for now because people understand that term within all the tourist areas, which has led to this really, hasn't it? And, and because, you know, it, it does affect, you know, the housing market for people wanting to buy houses and, and live in them. It also has really positive implications to the areas though. And I was really oh, yeah. pleased to see that Michael Gove acknowledged that in the press mm-hmm. release, the important role that... Um, holiday accommodation because the way that people like to travel and stay away now has changed a lot over the last few years and uh, hence the rise of of platforms like airbnb so it does bring income to the area it brings tourism to the area um but like you say there are some side um negative effects of that when it's unregulated and that's really what this is all about and it's given rise to an explosion in the rent to rent strategy in the management strategy because you kind of use any property really as a holiday let at the moment so that's what they're looking to control so what they've done first and foremost is they've given holiday lets their own planning use class okay so it's going to be c5 as opposed to the c6 slightly confusingly that they've implemented in wales um so it's going to be c5 this is england by the way that's worth stressing this This is scotland have already cracked on and they've got their own licensing and everything else this is england and it is uh, going to be classified as c5 Mm -hmm. okay now in most or I don't know about most, actually. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. In a lot of areas, you will be able to change a C3 residential property to a C5 holiday let under what's called permitted development. That's basically a paper exercise. It's registering it with the council. It does not require a full planning application. Can I ask a question here? Have they given any indication of cost of registration at all i don't believe there is a cost to a change of use there there might be a nominal uh, okay. admin cost uh, you know just to you know like it is sometimes on government websites you have to pay 20 quid to you know okay. fill in the form or something i don't think there is though i think it's just a registration exercise because this is different to the registration so there are two aspects of this. We're focusing on the planning at the moment. Right. Okay, so fine. in most areas, you'll be able to change from C3 to C5 under permitted development and notably back again under yeah. permitted development. So you could still test out a property uh, that you own or, or, or something like that as a holiday let. If it doesn't really work, you can change it back to C3 under permitted development. So you don't need to apply mm-hmm. for planning permission. And that will apply to a lot of areas. So you're basically pre-authorized. You, they can't turn it down, put it that way. Yeah. However, um, what it does do is it now 
creates the opportunity for local councils. So local councils will be given the powers to implement what's called an Article 4 restriction. Okay, so an Article 4 restriction is a planning restriction that removes the permitted development rights to move from. Well, in fact, an Article 4 can apply to lots of things. You can have an Article 4 and not be able to change your windows. But with respect to this, it's they will remove your permitted development rights. So you can't automatically you're not pre-authorized to change from C3 to C5. You have to apply for planning and that. Uh, you know, that requires approval, uh, planning approval, and it may well be turned down because where they're going to be implementing these Article 4s, as you can imagine, is, as you said, is in areas of very high concentration mm-hmm. of holiday lets um, where there is, has been a tangible impact on the local population in terms of access to housing stock, um, you know, normal houses that are now holiday lets that, yeah. that uh, families and local people are not able to rent or buy, um, and also the material uh, disruption that sometimes comes associated with holiday lets in terms of increased waste, noise, party activity, all of this sort of stuff. So really that's going to be the sort of seaside typical locations sort of Cornwall, Devon? You would expect so. And and it will be localised. It'll be local councils. It's not going to be like the whole of Cornwall. It's going to be individual kind of local councils that have the power to implement that. And I would say they would have to have a good reason to do that. Um, we know there are certain areas that will almost certainly jump on this straight away. They've probably been biting at the bit yeah. to restrict holiday lets for a long time. Um, but they would have to have a good reason because this will not, you know, they're not set up to do this yet, the councils. You know, they will need to staff it appropriately, have the resources that they need to process all of the new planning applications. And we know that the planning, <laughs> we know that the planning system is at breaking point anyway. Absolutely. So, you know, there is, uh, it will be a big decision for councils as to whether they want to take this on and and impose this Article 4 restriction because they will then have to police it and administer it and everything else. Yeah, because I thought, oh God, it's going to be a no brainer for councils because they can apply a cost to this, which will then obviously increase their revenue. But you quite rightly pointed out that actually the admin load on councils to actually implement this is probably going to be quite high yeah i can in terms of a cost like you you do have to pay for a planning application but i'd imagine that's a drop in the ocean of what it costs them to actually administer the whole process so um yeah so that that's the situation with regards planning so um you know just just try to ignore all the noise there's people out there saying all oh, right they're implementing the london 90 day rule across the country no they're not that's not how it works mm. um so that in simple terms is how it's going to work from a planning perspective but that is a big change and that is going to have a big knock-on impact for the industry but like you said i think from our perspective as professional operators uh long-awaited very welcome it's going to wean out the for want of a better term, the cowboys, the, yeah. the, the, the operators who are allowing, who are not vetting their guests and are allowing, you know, this kind of activity to go on. And, and it just creates, um, they're not, they're not taking it seriously that they are running a hospitality yeah, business. They're, they're just business, seeing it as an income yeah. and, and everything else. So I think it's, that's, that's positive. One question I do have um, is if you are an operator in one of these areas that may have to apply for planning permission is there grandfather rights involved in yeah, this at all? okay so right i was going to come on to that but okay let's deal with that now so 
Grandfather rights, basically what that means is that any existing holiday lets, anything that can be shown to be currently operating as a commercial holiday let, if you like, uh, will have grandfather rights. A bit like Medicop for us in Milford on Sea. Yeah, so in other words, if you already have a holiday let and as long as you're operating it professionally and you can show that you're meeting the criteria that holiday lets need to meet in terms of um, how for how many days of the year it is uh, advertised yeah. for and rented for and it would probably help if you're on business rates, you should really be on business rates. So all of these things just represent a professional holiday let. If you have that already, then they are, are not... And again, this is not set in stone, but all the language at the moment is they are not going to be able to, what's the word, backdate yeah. any of this legislation and and pull you up on doing something that you did in good faith and that was perfectly allowable at the time. So yeah, current holiday lets, not affected. Okay. That is the expectation at this point. So, if you, so you don't need to panic if you're a holiday let operator, one or more properties, they should be absolutely fine. They will effectively automatically be allocated the C5 planning use class. You will still need to register them. Oh, okay, right. So this comes on to the second piece. These are two distinct things. That's what I'm okay. trying to get across here. There's the planning aspect and then there's the registra- uh, registration <laughs> scheme for holiday lets. Okay. So... They were the government were considering uh, a number of things here. Um, the two front runners, I'm assuming, will have been a licensing scheme, as they've introduced in Scotland. So you have to right. apply for a license, and a little bit like the HMO licensing scheme. So if there is a property over a certain size, you have to apply for a license okay. to run it yeah. as an HMO. Um, they will. So they had the option to introduce a licensing scheme or a registration scheme. Now, the really good news for, for, for us as operators is they've chosen to go on the registration route. Why is that better? Well, here's the definition, uh, in my book anyway. The definition is license they can refuse, registration they can't. Oh, it, it, I see. It, the registration is just, uh, I guess it's a data collection exercise for them, but it, it just registers your property so that it's known to the council, if you like, as a holiday let. But it's not... Uh, can I, you know, can I have permission to oh, run this as a I holiday see. let? It's okay, a registration right. scheme. So that is a lot better than a license situation. Okay. And that is what they're talking about implementing. Now, the likelihood is that you will need to submit some supporting documentation uh, around that, um, potentially things like PAP testing, gas safety certificates, electrical safety um quite possibly fire risk assessments, yeah. although whether that's covered separately by the new fire regulations, I'm not quite sure how they're going to mesh together. But basically anyone that's ever operated as a landlord previously in any other strategy will be familiar with having to provide that information yeah. anyway. And to be perfectly honest, like that's just that's just 101 really f- for a professional landlord mm. is to make sure they've got all of their documentation in place and that they've actually done those gas safety tests, electrical yep. safety. So all you're really doing is registering your property with the council as a holiday let and to show that you're running it in a safe way, in a compliant way, in a professional way. Yeah. Nothing sure. to worry about. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is undoubtedly going to have an impact. It's going to have a positive impact on the industry as a whole. I'm convinced about that um, because it I is agree. going to weed out um, the the unprofessional operators, the, the, the sort of the cowboy or the backseat operators. That is going to reduce the supply of 
holiday lets yep. in any given area, which will mean that the uh, the professional operators that continue to, to, to operate in a compliant way will be able, presumably, to charge maybe slightly higher rates and, you know, because supply and demand starts to shift because at the moment there are so many areas that are um, – you know, people are talking about as being saturated, saturated yeah. for holiday lets. And therefore, how do we see the impact of saturation? Nightly rates start to fall because you just can't command the same price. There aren't as many people, there's there's more property than there are people yeah. looking to stay there. Whereas that's going to shift that dynamic over time, I think. The other thing is, which is uh, we predicted and is uh, is exciting for us, is this does not impact on uh, hotels on um, uh, bed and breakfast guest houses, which already has its own plan- planning use yes. class anyway. So it sits separate to that. And it's why we love that strategy because it's, uh, yeah, it just stays out of the mess of all, all of this regulation that's coming in. And also you may find that if you operate an apart hotel like we do, that actually the reduced competition from um, some of the other individual Airbnbs means that uh, okay. you get extra yeah. business. Yeah. So I think it's all good news. I think it's good news. Yeah, nobody likes change. Um, what it is going to do is going to have a big impact on the rent to rent strategy. Yeah, because if you think about it, so if I'm approaching a landlord, um, sometimes already it's it's a tough sell because although I'm offering things like a longer term contract and I'm offering to keep the property in show home yeah. conditions with weekly inspections, all of the stuff that you wouldn't get if you took a long term tenant, rents are so high at the moment that a lot of landlords it's just unfamiliar to unfamiliar territory and they just go you know what i just get a normal tenant and also, also they have to comply with the new fire rigs don't they if they go down of this course yeah well. so that's already come in so they would need to comply with that they would need fire doors and this that and the other yeah, and interlink fire, fire alarm systems um but add to all of that now I've got to, at the very least, say to the landlord that there's a an application that needs to be made to the council for a, um, a permitted development. Yeah. Um, I believe that's how it's, I think it's just a form-filling exercise, I, I think. And, if and that's, there, there may not even be a form. Yeah. I think there is. And like you say, the, the rents for, for sort of your standard buy-to-let are so high now mm. that actually, you know, they think, oh, goodness sake, yeah, a lot is of it worth a hassle? Think, why would I bother with that, you know, kind of thing. So um, that is going to have an impact. And, and that's if it's not in an Article 4 area. If it's in an Article 4 area, they've got to apply for planning, planning permission, permission yeah. just to let you rent their property. I mean, that's, yeah, good luck with that one. So that's going to have a big impact. I think um, it's potentially going to have a big impact on the holiday let management industry side of things as well. Although there is also opportunities there mm. for managing agents to provide a service yes. to provide support to landlords about what these regulations mean and how they can potentially help them do some of the legwork yeah i'm hoping that's a pretty clear explanation of the regulations um i, I hope that helps you sift through the noise if you're listening to this yeah, and if you've got any questions then obviously you know drop us a message because you know it is we're, we're digesting this at the same yeah. time as everybody else, but equally we have been involved in property for a number of years and a number of years prior to being involved in service accommodation. So we've seen similar stuff come yeah. into the HMO industry and bits and pieces like that. So we've got a pretty good feel for how this is going to play out. Hopefully that helps you kind of, yeah, sift through the noise um, of what's going on. There's a lot of scaremongering. There's a lot of people that are scaremongering without being informed um, and so if you if you found this useful, by the way, you know, feel free 
we'd love you to share the podcast anyway, obviously. But, <laughs> but if you think this was a, a useful kind of breakdown, then please feel free to share it um, yeah. with people because um, it really frustrates me when people are led down a garden path, led down a dead end by people who should know better, operators in the industry who just can't be bothered to do their due diligence and are just getting it so wrong. And it's it's, it's almost like that scaremongering clickbait that we see so much in the media at the moment anyway. They, they just have that headline, you know, headline clickbait saying oh it's the it's the death of service yeah. accommodation it's really not oh, do you know what you've reminded me please 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 if you're listening to this stop using clickbait headlines on your social media posts <laughs> around regulations uh-uh. you don't need it the headline the actual headline of the government are finally clamping down on holiday lets, which they are, is dramatic enough. So all of this, um, <laughs> SA is dead, and then you do a whole post about why SA isn't actually dead. Oh, oh it does my head in. I oh, know. Like, yeah. Oh. Anyway, um, that's that. Let's draw a line under it. That's the regulations. We'll obviously keep you posted as and when we get more flesh on the bones around timelines and whatever else. That, yeah, we'll just keep you updated up. because, you know, for, if you've got – you know, smaller units, it's just sometimes can be a bit, you know, scary, bit to daunting. be honest. Yeah, yeah a, bit a bit daunting. daunting. Yeah. Eaton House. We've got an update, haven't we? Um, well, it's not, an update. It's, it's not an update. update. it's not an update. It's kind of, it's a progress update. It's a, it's a, it's a holding <laughs> update. So we had an, a, a visit huh. from the planning case officer. So if you've been following the podcast, you'll know that we put this planning application in retrospective planning application by the way this you know we're, we're tidying up somebody else's mess here um and i, I can't remember when we put it in when was it last uh summer at some oh point God, yeah. because it was the, the, the original determination deadline was november and that's yep. obviously long gone anyway uh, towards the end of that process the uh case officer that was handling it uh, left the council and has been replaced and so we're kind of back to square one now um and we've just had the site visit that really should have happened right at the beginning of the original application anyway this was an opportunity for the case officer that has now received applications. She's received all of the supporting comments and yeah. all of the objection comments. And it was a chance for her to come out, see the property, get a feel for the setting and speak to us in person, yeah. wasn't it? And and it was... It was a good opportunity. We, we really valued being able to speak to the planning yeah, officer. Yeah, I was going to say, how did, yeah. you fi- how did you find the day? Well, I have to say I was extremely nervous um, because you, you never know the outcomes. You never know the person that's going to walk through the door and what agendas they have or not have. But actually, she I felt she was very – she knew her stuff. Yeah, she knew her stuff. She, she uh, understood or was beginning to understand the background and the history, which is very complicated. But She, she didn't understand all of it, though, did she? And that's why it's so useful for us to meet yeah. her in person. I think she understood that it, it was really complicated. Yeah. And that and for that, that for us to actually meet her on site and to explain exactly what had gone on, what we had done, what we hadn't done, because that was some of her concerns, mm. wasn't it? She was concerned we'd actually change the, yeah. the fabric of the building, which we hadn't done. Yeah. And it was just a really valuable opportunity to present ourselves and 
and our model and our staff. So so we had Lisa there, we had Jenna there because we wanted to, uh, not that show of force, but we wanted to show that because their primary concern in all of this is because of the unique setting of the hotel, it's in a complex that used to be all one complex and now is made up of a care home and a sheltered living um, development. So sensitive kind of setting Mm. for a hotel to be located um so their nervousness is around uh, the remote management of a facility in that sort of setting so we wanted to really get across that yes it's remote management but at the same time we've got a very human team around it um these are our hospitality managers you know introducing lisa introducing jen we've got a fantastic local service team cleaning team who are um never more than five minutes away we've got um, we've got Lucy who runs a salon on site and, and she, you know, kindly lends support to, to guests during the day. We've got our rapid response maintenance team. So we're about as hands on as it's possibly get. And what we basically did was took it back to the only concern being overnight. Yes. Really, wasn't it? Yeah, and she's, it was you know, really. have you considered having someone overnight? And it it's just not our model. I I I genuinely don't believe it's necessary um we we, we don't we it doesn't warrant it and it was for us to show the systems and the responsiveness that we've got in place to handle any out of hours issues and stuff wasn't it yeah and i mean we've introduced since we actually put the planning in we've introduced q which has you know our our, chat box our chat box which you know answers questions in real time really keen on that Um, um you know we've got it all covered we've got cctv we've got noise monitoring yeah Do you know what, though? I actually found it quite an interesting process. Um, I wasn't that nervous, I have to say, um, because um, we can only do what we can do. And I think it went as positively as it possibly Mm. could have done in the sense that she now understands our perspective. She understands the efforts that we have gone. I I think that's it. I think the reason I was so nervous was I wanted to get across how actually we empathize with you know the the residents in the shelters we we do understand their concerns and we've done absolutely everything we can to allay their fears we, you know no matter how many times you say this is not going to happen we've put everything in place we can possibly do so and i think the the planning officer actually came up with some Sort yeah. of good suggestions. I perhaps didn't agree with the limiting our guests to being over fifty five. That was one of her. Um, Have you seen initial... how over fifty five's party? For goodness sake. Yeah, that was one of her initial <laughs> suggestions. As we we limit it. Um, but the, okay, so this is why I thought it was interesting. Though I thought it was interesting from an objectively looking at objectively in terms of the planning process. Yeah. She kept reiterating the same point, which yeah. I think is really interesting, which is that planning is not personal. Yeah. Planning is not personal. It sits with the building, not with the operators. So as much as she was entirely on board, I think, well, 99% on board with our model, yep. our personal approach. Yep. I think she liked us. I think she liked the team. I think she liked everything that we've done. She really liked the hotel management plan that we put together. Um, but we could sell the place in a year or two years. And so the planning that they put in place needs to protect the uh, setting of that property moving forward. And I totally get that. It was actually really useful to get that perspective. I totally understand that. To the point where we started, like you said, she had some, some 
suggestions some probably not practical but others um that actually were potentially quite yeah, feasible yeah. you know slightly changing some configurations where the guests come into the building all of that sort of stuff that is potentially doable uh, and if that yeah. were the deal breaker that we'd be prepared to do that um but it was really she started to almost like look at a hotel management plan and think right is there anything within that so that the mitigating strategies that you've put in place or mm-hmm. you're putting in place can we turn any of that into a planning condition yeah so you know the fact that we have a minimum night stays so that we don't attract or we minimize party light activity could that become a planning condition because it needs to live beyond yeah. us i was just about to say just to clarify that so that planning condition, if we satisfy that planning, just for argument's sake, we change the uh, where the front entrance mm. is and we say we're going to do X, Y, Z. If in the future we co- contravene that yeah. planning condition, that can then be retracted, that planning use. Well, we're in breach of planning, yeah. So, so they can so, say yes, no, right. Yes, okay, yeah. so it would create accountability, which is, I think, is what they're, they're worried about. Like, they're not just going to take our word for it. And so. then that would live beyond us. So yes, that correct. would be how it, we could satisfy it, because if we did sell it, the people who bought it would have to continue to satisfy those planning conditions. So it was an interesting exercise. Um, I think it went as positively as it possibly could have done in the sense that I think she went away very clear on our model, our approach, who we are as people and what we uh, have already done uh, and bent over backwards Mm -hmm. to try and, uh, and we have, it's also worth stressing. We have had no issues. Yes. We have had no, <laughs> no issues, issues at all since we uh-huh. started operating in August. But anyway, um, so that was good. But it is a tick box exercise. At the end of the day, this is a process, particularly in this case, because there's every expectation that this will be called to committee. Yeah. Because of two things because the number of negative complaints only from the sheltered living complex yeah, no one else, else complained no one else so um but but because of the number of those and it's it's sensitive setting and because the town council the parish council was one of the objections that i wouldn't say it automatically means that it gets called to committee but that's pretty much a yeah. no-brainer so yeah. even if and we hope she will she recommends it for approval it will go to committee and it will be voted on by the councillors so which is just a ball ache, um, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. So uh, it's not even worth getting stressed about. Yeah. It's just part of the, the prize. We've done it before. Um, we've had a council, we've had applications called to committee before, and we've had them, uh, and even if it were rejected, there's an appeal process. So it's just much more painful and drawn out than we would ideally have liked. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, absolutely. Um, yeah, totally. And we do have some feelings about uh, how we've been landed in this position, I think, by, um, yeah, by, you know, how, how this, this deal was packaged. But at the end of the day, um, it is what it is. You yeah. know? And if we want to take this on moving forwards, then, uh, then, then we need to sort of uh, clear up everybody else's mess, as always. <laughs> Which I feel like we've been doing all week. <laughs> Okay, so now it's time for At Your Service. 
This is when we invite another short-term rental host onto the podcast to tell us about their property or their business. This week, we are chatting to Ed and Laura from EDJ Property. These guys have already built themselves an impressive rent-to-rent and management business at a pretty young age, and they're now using the revenue generated to invest in some chunky property development projects. Laura has recently joined the business, and we share stories on how it works to run a business as a couple. <laughs> and, chuckle at that. <laughs> and we also chat to them about a really interesting niche that they've tapped into at one of their service department blocks. So without further ado, should we say hi to Ed and Laura? Yep, let's do it. Here they are, the latest power couple in serviced accommodation. You're not actually new to the game at all, are you? You, yeah. you guys are smashing it. How many how many units are you guys operating now? I think we're responsible for over just over 50 at the moment. Um, oh, my God. And they look so relaxed. How can they look so relaxed? <laughs> I said that when we, we've, we've just been chatting off air, as it were, and yeah, so you guys look very chilled, very on top of things, considering you're probably tearing your hair out like we are a lot of the time. Glamorous, actually. I don't think we look half as glamorous as they do. Well, speak for yourself. Swan, <laughs> Swan comes to mind. You should see us yeah. Yeah, And you're all over the country as well, aren't you? So tell us a bit about your, your business, basically. Give us a bit of background about where you're operating what you do and yeah just tell us what you what you're up to yeah obviously our business is kind of split into three functions i suppose at the moment we've got our primary core money-making business and how we started which is the rent to rent business with a portfolio of over 30 and then yeah. on the back end of that i think we we um realized that there's another market which you could very much slot into which was managing for other people uh, initially upon request and then very much turned that into a business um, a fully fledged business now with um, you know over 20 units in um, and looking location. to fast yeah location wise we've got a lot predominantly in Liverpool haven't we a lot in Somerset Bristol um, we've got some in Birmingham we've got a couple of like proper holiday let homes down in um, Hale and St Ives so all over yeah absolutely wow I bet you've got some stories to tell. Haven't you got a bit of a party pad as well? Is that is that the right description for it? I don't know. We've got an apartment which has got a block which has got six apartments in. And um, yeah. so recently we've changed our strategy a little bit with that. So we used to advertise it as like a group house for 30. Then we were looking online and everybody that messages us is really like, nervous to tell them us that they're a stag and a hen group but we're like no we know that that's what it's for so yeah. literally a couple of weeks ago we were like let's just change all our descriptions and be like perfect um hen and stag do but i think because it's like a premium apartment we're not charging low rates and we're not getting 18 year olds coming in trashing yeah. it generally yeah. is like 30 plus year olds that are really respectful and they will message and go well, oh don't worry we're not going to break it we'll be um so we're really going for that now aren't we and oh well done you yeah how's that how's it going is, is there a demand for that are you seeing that that's popular yeah, yeah. um it's, <laughs> it's going incredibly well and we always um accepted should i say stag and hen do's but as laura just previ- previously alluded to we've kind of really doubled down on making it mm. quite explicit and the way in which we market ourselves we're after these yeah. stag and hen do's because um they're very much ready and open to charging uh to being to, to paying a premium sorry you know it's yeah, obviously something yeah. that um is very it's a very it's almost like a passion product isn't it there's a yeah. there's normally a bridesmaid or a or a best man who's extremely nervous and scared and stressful and we can serve that purpose and solve that need and provide that experience which is something we spoke about before it's much more than just 
a property in which we accommodate, it's very much hosting an experience for them, um, which is something Laura has just been formidable in with this. this yeah. year. Oh, um, wow. You know, we've, we've hosted them previously, but Laura just taking guests on through that experience from cradle to grave. Um, she's literally on the blower to them as soon as they inquire. And I hear them sometimes we're even sat in bed, if I'm honest. <laughs> I, hear them, <laughs> I hear them say to her, like, thank you so much for calling. Honestly, it's been so professional. You put me at so much ease, so much, so much more relaxed. And then yeah. we send them a, a package with all of the, the floor layouts and what's involved and almost like a welcome pack prior to even arriving. Um, the locality of the building, how to get here, et cetera. Yeah. And, um, it just, yeah, it's working really well. We we end up being it's really nice, isn't it? It's re- it's it's sort of like a really different service for us. A lot of people oh, are or in and out on a few days, but these guys like are spending the money, and we do want to give them a bit more of a personalised service. So what what I love about that, and that's what I love about about you guys and the way you do business, is you you just see opportunities yeah. everywhere, and I think that that's such a good point you've raised there if you think about like stag and hindus there's going to be one person within that group probably the lead booker who is stressing because Mm -hmm. they're trying to organize all this they're trying to coordinate it they desperately want to do a good job for the person that they're organizing it for and so actually there's a service there isn't there like there's actually an opportunity there that you've tapped into and they do say like find your niche right like tr- really f- right zone in niche down on on something and that's a great like you've identified a really good opportunity there to help somebody yeah fantastic and and there's wins all over really because like i said we accepted these bookings previously but we didn't outright market for them and um yeah just he- seeing and hearing how happy they are and on the back end of it and also because we were accepting these bookings but not really we didn't have that process of laura being as nurturing as she is our um cancellation rate was or at least the severity or the risk of us when we had someone cancel there's no chance of us um, okay. If they cancel, say, 30 days prior to them coming, there's no chance of us filling that weekend with a guest mm-hmm. of 30 stag or hens. You know, we might get we might get two or three or four apartments booked out, but no, I, nowhere near the same rate. So mm-hmm. we actually really de-risk and mitigate our own revenue and profits by introducing that service as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it just because obviously it's that, the lead time for a stag and hen booking is anywhere between we find six to nine months, sometimes yeah. even a year. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been incredible for us. And even throughout January and February right now, we've, we've actually got some really good bookings. So. Someone cancelled the other day, didn't she? And she uh, texted me with a review. She's like, text me basically saying, I'm really sorry, I'm going to have to cancel, but left a review saying how great the service was and oh, how brilliant. pleasant and how gutted she was to be doing it. And I was like, how nice is that? But fuming. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I'm waiting to see uh, how many weddings you get invited to off the back of these. <laughs> it cost, could cost you a fortune in hats. Yeah, <laughs> we, we were there the other day. We were doing a bit of um, work, and Hen Group turned up early, and I thought Ed would be loving it. I've never seen him so terrified of thirty <laughs> Hen dudes just piling in at once, like all dolled up with like crazy head bobblers and everything. Ed, I've never seen him so quiet. Yeah. You're like, hello. Two bottles a week. Yeah. Oh, that is hilarious. Not a comfortable environment for me to be in. Yeah. Um, so, so Laura, you've like, um, it sounds like you're really running with that. But you, you've joined the business pretty recently, haven't you? And I thought that's one of the things I wanted to chat to you guys about because obviously Caroline is. Uh, relatively new to our business full-time anyway in terms of that and you guys are now teamed up and working as a couple and uh yeah it'd be good to like 
share some war stories, get your thoughts on the challenges of working together as a couple. I can tell I can, Caroline's literally trying to interrupt me now. Like I can tell she's so desperate to dive in with like probably everything that annoys her about me. But, no, what I'm going to say is I'm suddenly feeling, I'm suddenly getting a bit of FOMO. How come I get to deal with toilet rolls and plumbers and gravel on dries and Laura gets to do all the glamorous stuff? Where have I gone wrong? But how have you found it? How have you found the the transition of coming into the business, Laura and Ed? How have you found that as well? Well, I've loved it because I've been trying to get in for ages. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like from a side, I was so desperate to know what you were doing because I wasn't doing it. I just couldn't understand it. And I felt sorry for you because I felt like it must have been quite a lonely space, everything you're doing and somebody not necessarily being able to talk to. Yeah. And I could see things you were doing and I was desperate just to understand it and like help you as well as like interjecting my own ideas and stuff. And like that's the beauty of having your own business like I'd always loved to when I was younger have my own business but I just never would have known what to have done and how to have even done it and now it's like brilliant you can do all the brains of it and I can just come in and go I've got this idea and because it's like ours now we we can do that yeah yeah I do remember I do remember having a conversation with Ed when it was like Ed's like oh, I'm so stressed out with this. And I'm really struggling with this bit of the business. And then on the, literally, on the other hand, you were saying, Laura's really good at this. And Laura's really good. I was like, uh, Ed, should we put two and two together here? Yeah, I think I do owe you many thanks, to be honest, Mark. I do remember it very vividly, very well. Um, I was just at that point, and And you know what? The, those mentorship discussions that we've had just what what you alluded to is just switching a mindset it's not like I didn't know it but having it revealed and opened up in front of me everything became obvious and you know and, and we've gone from there but there was a point where I was really reluctant to bringing law into the business because I felt like she would have to deal with the same amount of stress that I deal with and also yeah. in my head uh foolishly the wider objective was to have us both removed from the business so why would I want to pull her in but yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we're very much a team now and we're going to be in the business for the long run for a long time. So why not drive it together? Obviously, with still the same end goal of us being out of it and removed in good time, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. And she's got incredible qualities that are an absolute virtue and just bringing the business strength to strength. So yeah. but by, by by working together on it, you say it's not going to happen anytime soon, but I feel like you're not you haven't delayed that if anything you've accelerated yeah. that because yeah. by by bringing each other's skill sets to the to the table like if anything you'll be able to now really accelerate your plans and your goals and I know you I know you're investing in bricks and mortar now and you're actually doing you know property development projects which is really exciting so you'll probably get there and that's the thing about outsourcing uh, in any area isn't it like sometimes you've got to like invest and leverage other people's time and stuff like that to get to where you want to quicker. So it's not a cost, it's an investment. Um, and that's what I think you guys have, have done really well, but it's not easy though, Ed, is it like letting go of control? Like I know exactly how you feel. It's not when it's all in, you've built the business in your own head and sometimes let's face it, it's just easier to do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's probably the same for a lot of things. Right. But I suppose that is the element there when it's your baby and you know, you know, just how everything fits together and not just that also like the history behind it and how the cogs behind the sit, the sit, or within the system work exactly and i don't know um yeah it is, it is tough to let go um but 
it's also beautiful as well seeing someone yeah. come in and operate either to be honest with you in my case better in, in a lot of instances yeah. than what i was doing so yeah it is yes it's awesome that's the, the bad things the bad things yeah <laughs> okay let's do the bad things <laughs> oh no like, do you know what you just never speak to your boss how you speak to your partner would you <laughs> oh yeah we have that i get, I get told off for this all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody like asked yeah. me to do something and I guess it's me as well. And I'll just go, okay. And I'm like, if that was it, I'm like, I didn't do that. And like the other day you do me, I didn't. And I just come and sat down here and worked. We're just working, both working for each other, but just in different rooms. <laughs> That's probably the weird thing, isn't it? If like you don't agree with something, like me and my boss at work would have like an adult discussion where I'm like, well, I think this. And whereas we're, because you're in a yeah. relationship, you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't care you don't- about her. You don't feel you have to. You don't feel you have to add that like professional polish, do you? You just like tell it as it is. It's yeah, like, your uh, idea is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that's shit. That's shit. Why? Why do you want to do that? It's not gonna work. Quite right. Yeah, you would never ever. And she's right. I would never ever talk to any of our stuff like that um but it's yeah and it's it's really difficult because you have to like constantly remember what hat you're wearing all the time yeah it's not easy yeah it's not easy i think the 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 thing that we've had to grapple with is the way that we work so differently like um the things that mean that we work really well as a couple don't necessarily automatically translate that we'll work really well as a a, a business team and i think we do work really well as a business team but it's like caroline's like um like wanting to just like react to stuff like instantly like i'll just reply to that now i'll just send it uh, well hold, hold on let's just think about that let's just where's that fit in everything like let, let's phrase it but you know it's uh, better i find that really difficult and you find me difficult because i'll be like slowing things down a lot because i'll be like well, let's let's just think about that for a second. Let's just we'll we'll have a meeting about that next week. And like, yeah, I can just reply to it now. It's, yeah, it's really difficult getting to know each other like that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it is yeah. tough. But I mean, combined the, the capacity in which you guys can and, and us too as well fulfill and, and complete together is just yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's exciting, isn't it? It's it's really exciting, and I, I'm excited to see what you guys can go on and. And where you yeah, can take absolutely. it now, because you know you are. I I, I, I joke. I use the term power couple. It's like, I hate that term. Actually, it's, it's just a terrible <laughs> phrase. But but you are though. It's like it's going to be really exciting to see what yeah. you guys go on and achieve together with 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 Laura's skill set coming in as well. Now it's going to be really interesting time yeah, for you really guys. Really exciting. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. We, we we like to play a game. Um, uh, I'm not sure whoa. if you're aware of this. We like to play <laughs> a game. It's called. It's we should do a Mister and Mister, shouldn't we? <laughs> um, it's called a host, host in the hot seat, and um, essentially what it is, we've got four things here. Like it's like verses, so um, two things you've got to choose from, and you're not allowed to explain why. So you've got to pick one or the other, and you've just got to choose which one you want to get. And you can give your own answers. You don't have to agree with each other here. Um, so in no particular order, we've got four random ones. I think I know where you're going to go on the first one. Uh, parties or no parties. No parties. 
like personally or in like in, in the accommodation. No, not not in terms of do you like parties? Right, I'm like parties, no parties in the business. No parties. <laughs> for your business, for your essay business, parties or no parties? No parties. No parties. Which is okay. ironic, right? We should perhaps relay back if we can, because <laughs> because of the Rodney Street apartments. I do like to make a very clear point of the fact that. We host stag and hen but we do not accommodate partying there, oh, which is a big point. differential. Uh, okay, that is a good point. Yeah, yeah. We, we we make that very clear and we're able to tap into that market. And let's be honest, right, whilst we are in the centre of Liverpool, um, there's bars and venues all around us, which are much more suitable yeah, they don't want to and, and better for them. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, you completely failed at answering that in one word, <laughs> as, as most people do. Let's try the next one. Uh, deposit or no deposit? Deposit. That's an easy one. Um, okay, interesting. Real person in your business or AI? Wow, I have to say, I real person it. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, you can't reveal the fact that you plan to yeah. replace Laura with a robot next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cook your tea, will she? Next year. <laughs> okay, real person. I think we're a real person yeah, as well. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I love it. I love the prospect of what ai could potentially do but there's also the we've talked about this today actually like should we be while everyone while society is like falling into ai should we be leaning away from it and actually saying look do you know what we're 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 a people business we've got a team we've got you're going to be dealing with a real person is that going to become a selling point in yeah, the future. Really, really interesting point. Um, what surprised me about Rodney, because I think like Airbnb is quite cold. Like generally when mm. you book a property yourself, you know it's just easy and quick. So I think they're very similar. Like when I started calling them and they're like, oh, it's really nice to actually speak to yeah, someone. Like, yeah. A couple yeah. of people said that. And I was like, God, are we really missing that now in this yeah. day and age? Like actually just a phone call to put someone at ease is yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. Okay, last one. Uh, it, this is an interesting one because you might have to think about like where you're at now, and but also maybe where you would actually like to be. But um, a cleaning company, or employ the cleaners yourself. Well, you know from our conversation <laughs> that is a tough one, and we're really on the fence with that. Um, I think. I suppose. All- I suppose. Actually, I've just suddenly thought I shouldn't put you in an awkward position here in case any people are cleaning. That's one thing. But, yeah. I'm interested. In what, what's your answer, Law? I would rather employ the cleaners myself. So would I, but we're <laughs> leaning towards. <laughs> we are looking at initiating the other. Yeah. 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 Well, we've got. Well, no, we don't have a mix. Actually, what we're talking about, we we use cleaning companies, but yeah, I think we're probably on the same boat with that. Like, I think we're all a bit interested to see where how that could work, like yeah. potentially if we employed people. Yeah. yeah, financially, in one of the areas for us, it, it seems like that's a no-brainer to do, but it's just mentally it's another thing to pick up and deal with, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Another company just sorting it. Yeah, if, yeah. if such if such a half-decent opportunity hadn't have presented itself with, you know, there also being a laundrette at the bottom of Rodney Street, then course, I think yeah. it would be a much more clear-cut Yeah. Um, but us being the entrepreneurial mindset that we have, we do feel very lenient. We're leaning towards yeah. capitalising on that, um, but yeah. we are also very hesitant in with the workload and demand that it would, yeah. it would bring. Get us back next year and ask us. Yeah, exactly. It's true, though, because on the flip side, like where I know we've got great cleaning companies, I wouldn't dream of changing it. Like, you yeah. know, that's perfect. It works perfectly for yeah. us. So I guess it's only when you've got issues, isn't it? But yeah. 
Perfect. Well, guys, thank you so much, Ed, Laura. It's been uh, awesome to have you on the podcast. Uh, great value, as always. And um, so I'll, I'll drop it into the show notes, but l- this will be a good test for you. Like, If people want to reach out to you guys on like socials and stuff, I know you're big on your social media. Where should they look? Yeah, well, you've got at EdJ Property for sounds like me, but generally us together, although Laura has got her own as well. That. At Laura, the property explorer. <laughs> and then obviously our, our um management business and is uh at hinkley homes perfect okay. well, we'll drop all that in the show notes anyway thank you guys so much it's been great thank to you. have you on thank, thank you so much for having us on take care of yourselves bye 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 I, I love that couple so much. They are they are absolutely brilliant. I I just uh, their energy and uh, oh, it just uh, it inspires me. And their action. I mean, they just oh, go God, and yeah. they just do it. do it. They just get it done. There's no yeah. um, there's no procrastination yeah, at all. Absolutely. And I'm I'm going to keep us all posted on how many weddings Laura gets invited to. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought going to the uh, host in the hot seat, I thought it was really interesting because obviously when we think about the questions we're going to ask, we kind of have a, an idea of how they're going to answer. And actually, probably you could tell from our reaction that the parties one kind of threw us a bit. Didn't yeah, it? we assumed yeah. they'd go one way and not the other. But Ed raised a really good point, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. The, the, the definite, like, I'd always assumed that if you are if you have a property that you don't run parties at then that automatically rules you out from accepting hen and stags and it kind of puts the hen and stags into that whole experiences yeah you know, yeah, it rather does. than yeah. a party. Yeah, and yeah. They, they, they've they found a niche there. They're in control of the product, as in they operate yep. the whole block. So there's not any uh, risk of disruption there. So that does make it uniquely positioned mm. to do that. But yeah, I just thought it was really interesting the way that they framed it. I guess they're right. Like hosting a hen party doesn't mean to say that there's a rave going on. It doesn't mean to say that they're hiring in a disco mm. and do all that. It just might mean that's where the hen party group are staying in yeah. order to then go out and have the hen yeah, party now yeah, absolutely i yeah it's still going to be pretty pretty lively i would imagine so um there's only certain properties that would lend themselves to that but i just think that's really interesting yeah. that they still had a criteria that they don't do parties, parties. but they accept hen parties and stags yeah that's really yeah interesting. I, I thought that was really interesting yeah Uh, we had a, a really good meeting this week, didn't we, you and I? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, we decided to just uh, take three or four hours out of the day today and focus on our direct booking strategy because we've had so many ideas yeah. uh, to throw into the mix. And um, you know what I'm like? I like to sort of pull it all into some kind of uh, strategy. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's do it now. Let's do it now. Yeah, fit it into the big picture, work out why we're doing this. And I don't want to just end up just being a bit scattergun, scattergun with yeah, it. No, but, um, very sensible. Uh, most importantly, I had a, a, a delicious um, st- uh, steak strip and gorgonzola cheese open sandwich with um, triple cooked chips. Yep. Uh, that was a highlight of the meeting. I, I had say. Greek salad just put it out there for you. With chips. Well, one or two. Um, but no, it was really, well, I thought it was useful. I don't know what you thought because, you know, our, our brains work slightly differently like this. But um, I was I was using a, a like a, a template or a way of structuring goals that I've used in previous businesses. And what, what did you think about that process? Oh, I found it so useful because for me, sometimes I really focus on the detail far too much and I can't zoom out. 
So for me, it was a case of I could almost physically feel myself zooming out. And actually, I could envisage the whole strategy almost if you had a big whiteboard, I could see it all laid out for me. And I could think, yep, I can see how that fits in with that. I can see how that marketing fits in there. I can see why we're, you know, really partnering and and using the Boostly sites very well and uh, going on all that training. So I could just see how it all fitted in it's really. called uh, it's called vmost uh vmost stands for vision mission opportunity strategies and tactics i come in at the tactics bit <laughs> what it what it essentially does though for anyone that's ever created a vision board for themselves it takes that principle but it then turns it into actionable day-to-day steps yeah. so what is the overarching vision why are we doing this yeah. what is the mission that we're trying to achieve what are the opportunities that we're trying to uh, tap into within our space um and then the strategy that we're going to achieve that and then the tactics we're going to use to achieve the strategy, yeah. which is really then down to the nitty gritty of what are we going to do next week? Yes. You know, what yeah. do we actually need to do and task uh, the team to do and everything else? And, and it was really useful to, it's still, it's not done. I wouldn't say it's complete, but it's, it's put it all into the big picture. Yeah. And I can see where pieces of the puzzle fit mm. now, whereas I thought, Perhaps, you know, a certain piece went at the very top. I can see now actually it fits into the tactics yeah. as opposed to the strategy. So for me, you know, it... it, it because what we realised as well is that our big, big hairy goal that we've talked about of 70% direct bookings mm. across the board is actually only part of the picture. That's almost... That's almost uh, an outcome, uh, a result of what we really need to do, which is create a... Um, an informed community of loyal guests, returning guests who understand the benefits of booking direct, booking local, supporting local. That's what we're really trying to educate and create, which will result in the direct booking stats that we're aiming for, which will help us achieve our business objectives. So in in like broad sweep, that summarizes the kind of three hours really, doesn't it? What I thought was great though, um, and I think this was your idea, so I think this worked really well, was that earlier in the week we sent uh, a survey, an online survey to all of our team because obviously this is Caroline and I just putting our heads together about you know where we're, where we're going as a business, but we really want the team to feel uh, that they have an input into mm. where we're going. And also we genuinely value, we do value their input oh, and yeah, their skill totally, sets yeah. and that's kind of where we hired them. Um, and... I thought as a minimum that that would, you know, hopefully make the team feel involved. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any expectations either way of, of, you know, whether they felt it would be worthwhile putting time and effort into it and it would generate. But some of the uh, the ideas and oh, suggestions brilliant. we got, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Stuff there we would ne- actually never have thought of. Um uh, and the 100% appear in the use, strategy. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, amazing. And it just shows, you know, get your ego out of the way. And, you know, there are, I saw something on social media actually the other day, which really resonated with me, which said, uh, my mission is to make myself the least important person in my business. And that, that's genuinely how I feel. It's like, that is my goal is to become the least important part yeah. of our business. And I feel at the moment, just because of the way things are structured and the team is very new, I'm probably one of the most important people. Linchpin. With, with linchpin. you. Um, 
but I want to be one of the least important people. Uh, and I, be- I genuinely believe with the team we've got in place that, that I can achieve that. Sounds like a strange goal. Um, but I want to see the, the business live beyond us. I know. And the team we've got, oh, they're just fabulous. And they had, like you say, they had great ideas. And, you know, we've got a really fun, almost like team building strategy day coming up in March, which we'll probably talk about next week. But we've got, you know, such plans that involve our whole team because like you said it's so much about getting everybody else's opinions and then feeling they can take ownership of it yeah so i think i think we've said it a few times we're in a good place um and um yeah it was a, it was a really good opportunity we've got so many ideas bouncing around um you're on a mission to become the queen of direct bookings um <laughs> but how does that all fit into what we're trying yeah. to achieve with the business and getting the team's input to that was invaluable so yeah. uh, that's a lesson for anybody else out there is uh, make sure you are tapping into the expertise and, and the skills and the enthusiasm within the people that are helping you run your business Well, that's a wrap for episode four. Oh my god, that was a bit of a heavy one. There was a lot. There was a lot in there, wasn't there? Yeah. That was a, that was a pretty heavy episode, but uh, lots to cover as yeah. always. Can I can I just say a little something? Mm. I like to think that one of my skills that you don't have is my ability to think outside of the box for problem solving. Okay, where yeah. are you going with this? Well, we've got a kettle at home, which is not the most expensive of kettles, and it's very noisy, and um, it's it's broken. You know, the little thingy you click down to Pay do cheap, it. pay twice. That was my <laughs> response to so that. So, yeah, Mark was, look, we've got to buy a new kettle. But I'm saying, no, no, no. So what I've got now is I've got a tea bag that you wedge in between the little... The switch. The switch yeah. and the thing, Health and that and holds safety. it down nicely. Loving this one. Um <laughs> But this is what I deal with, people. So if it were left to Caroline, as you can tell, she loves these stories. Therefore, it's absolutely worked in her favour that we have this broken kettle and it would remain broken and would not be replaced for years on end. I would change the tea bag. It's a great story. Um, And, um, yeah, that's what I have to deal with. Anyway... Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast fix to make sure that you never miss an episode. And if you get a minute to leave us a quick review on your podcast platform of choice, that will help other people discover the podcast too. And as always, we love to hear from you. So please do get in touch by sending us a DM over at Secret Service Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to join us for an episode of At Your Service, just like Ed and Laura, then please, 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 sorry, do get in touch. Oh, we've almost forgotten cliffhangers. Have cliffhangers, we got yeah, cliffhangers. Well, we've got the serious cliffhanger. Will the Eaton House planning application be called to committee? I don't know the timeline on that, actually, whether we'll know that by the next episode. I s- suspect not. I think they're waking, waiting yeah, for an ecology time, report. It, yeah. um, but that's a cliffhanger ongoing. Um, what else? Well, well, will I change my tea bag and will I get my car back? Change your kettle? Uh, uh, tea really- bag. Okay. I'd rather we change the kettle, change the tea bag, (laughs) and we'll get a car back in one piece. Thank you again, everybody, for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.